just uh, day by day, and um, we're going to talk about that this evening. In Luke, if you'll take your Bibles and turn over to Luke chapter 11, we're going to look this evening at the second part of at least the first petition of the second part of the Lord's Prayer. There are six petitions in the Lord's Prayer. The first three are, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, and thy will be done. The next three are recorded in verses 3 and 4, a petition to give us this, uh, day by day our daily bread, the fourth one is forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And the sixth is lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And as we see here this evening in verse 3, give us day by day our daily bread. Or in Matthew, uh, give us our daily bread. Bread is a staple for our dinners. We went this last week several times. My wife sent me uh, to Sam's to get some Sister Schubert rolls. Um, we like those in our home, and we've used them. And Costco and, and even Walmart and Sam's have been out of them uh, a lot recently, and especially leading up to Thanksgiving. And um, so we, we did a different type of roll where you do the self-rising roll. You buy those frozen, and then you set them out for three hours ahead of time, and uh, they've got to rise, and then you make them. And you can't have a Thanksgiving feast without bread. Right? It's, it's a staple for our meal. However, bread to us is a little different than what bread was. I know when we go to the bread room at the back, when the items that are donated to us are uh, so that we can hand them out and let our church um, avail to them from Publix in the back, uh, we get what uh, Joshua used to call Jesus bread. I don't know if you know what Jesus bread. I actually went back there and got some for us. This is Jesus bread, all right? It's because it's hard, okay? <laughs> And uh, it looks like the bread that they used in, in Jesus' day, I guess that's what is connected. But he used to always call this as Jesus bread. We use this, you know, for when we eat spaghetti or pasta or something and, you know, put some garlic and some, some uh, butter on, on it and put it in the oven and, and kind of toast it, you know. Or you can whack your sister in the head with it if you want to do that. You go over to Europe, um, you know, they make a lot of this type of bread fresh every day. And... Um, uh, and, and so you, those of you who have traveled recognize the fresh bread on a daily basis that is made and sent out to a lot of the bakeries. Our bread here has got so much preservatives that, you know, it can stay, uh, quote-unquote, fresh for days. You know, this was probably made three weeks ago and uh, still, still fresh here. And, uh, but that's, that's just the way we have. Bread is a staple. I remember as a kid growing up going to the bread store. Um, I know I think there's one down 53 here to the right. We've been in it a couple times. But when we were a kid, we used to go to the Dolly Madison store, the bread store, and that was where we got our bread. And it was oftentimes, I remember walking into that place and the smell 
the bread smell. You don't get that at Walmart. You get different smells at Walmart. <laughs> but uh, at the bread store where you could walk in, you could just smell the bread. I still remember that as a kid. Bread is the most basic provision. In fact, in Genesis 3, 19, when God is speaking to Adam after the curse, he says, from the sweat of thy brow thou shalt eat and it's recorded in the Hebrew for us as bread. The base, the most basic uh, sustenance. From Adam till the day, bread is a vital to physical health, to our need. It's interesting that Jesus would go from the lofty throne in heaven. As he gives this model prayer, he's only going to give six petitions. And the first three is thy name, thy kingdom, thy will. And the very next thing that comes out of his mouth, he goes from the, the lofty highest uh, place in heaven, his throne, to our table. It, it seems out of place. That's, kind of, that's way up there. Couldn't there have been a medium somewhere of something else that we prayed for before we get to our daily bread? It, it seems out of place. You see, once we focus properly, I'm going to put this up here so that you can think about supper tonight. Once we have a proper focus on our attention of who God is and what He can do, we realize that the universe revolves around Him, not me. His kingdom, His name, His will. I am to be absorbed with everything about Him. God-focused, not my name, my kingdom, and my will. They don't have any place in God's. It's either God's, He's not going to share with me. Then I change my entire attention about who I am. My needs, my wants, um, my sustenance, my attacks, the things that surround me in my life. The Lord's Prayer seems to model the Ten Commandments. Um, the first four of the commandments focus on our relationship with God. The next few of the Ten Commandments, the six, focus our relationship with others and ourself. Jesus reiterated this in a statement in Matthew 22 and verse 37 when it was asked, what is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said this, here's the greatest commandment, summing up the Ten Commandments from Exodus 20. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Some have indicated that Jesus is modeling in this prayer that division. The first three, loving God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the next three, with our focus upon ourselves and those around us. Um, our daily bread, our need for forgiveness. And our temptations. Stott says this, having expressed our burning concern for His glory, we now express our humble dependence on His divine grace. We go from His glory to now His grace. As our hands are opened up, we sit at the table and we pray, give us this day our daily bread. What does it mean? Let's just look at this for just a few moments that we have this evening. Daily bread means today. What is that? That means it's coming. 
on a daily basis. It is the idea of in the morning we're asking for today's supply of bread. God, would you supply our bread for today? Or it could be praying that at night for the next day's meal, the next day's bread. So whether you're praying that at breakfast time, looking forward to your daily provision, or you're praying that at the evening time when you go to bed for the next day's provision, it is for today. Some have indicated that this seems really out of place in the prayer of God, as I mentioned. Hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom is coming Your will is being accomplished on earth as it is in heaven. Those are things that we are prayed for. And then we need bread, Lord. It seems kind of odd. So almost like we're always thinking of the next snack. That's my, some of my kids. It's just like as soon as you give them a snack, the very next thing they turn around, they want another snack. It's like you go from snack to snack to snack, you know, with these kids. You just ate a nice big meal. And, uh, and then they want to know, and to become teenagers, they want to know what's for dessert. Right? This is just part of children who grow. They're constantly wanting that sustenance. And those of you who are mothers, did you recognize when, you're, when your child, when your infant was little, and it seemed like you had this process with this, this feeding time, and it came regular, and as soon as you finished, it wasn't about an hour later, and you had to start all over again. In light of that, this, this basic need for bread, some church fathers, prominent church fathers, tried to change this petition up just a little bit because it seemed a little too shallow in the prayer. said that Jesus is not telling his disciples about literal bread, but this is more of a spiritual meaning. Augustine said that this was talking about the Lord's table. Communion. Jerome, in the Latin Vulgate, when he came to this prayer, actually used the word super substantial bread, is how he translated it in the Latin. Because just daily bread seemed too mundane, so he changed the wording of it to make it more spiritual in connection to Jerome's thinking of the Holy Communion. You see, I believe Jesus was speaking of literal bread. We don't have to spiritualize the text. We don't have to put it into anything that's, that's, uh, to, make, to bring it up because it just seems like it's too out of the ordinary. You see, we don't understand this as much today. We are paid weekly or bi-monthly or some of you paid monthly. You see, our checks come in, we store it up, and we pay things off in the process as we hopefully live on a budget. The Greek word daily, interesting as this word, it is only used two times in the whole New Testament, here and in Matthew chapter 6. That specific Greek word daily, it's not found anywhere else. Until 1880, archaeologists were digging and found a small portion of Greek papyri where it had some Greek letters on it, they began to read it, and they found this word. And it was, it was just a small portion of a piece of papyri that had been broken off, and there were some things on it. And, and on the, the, the list, it was a list for going to the market. 
a, a Greek person was going to take a list that his wife had given him to go purchase at the grocery store. And it had on here this word, daily supply, some kind of connection to it, daily bread or daily supply. It was a grocery list, a grocery list. My wife uh, goes to the grocery store on a regular basis for, for all of us. I remember maybe seven, eight years ago, we started uh, shopping at Aldi. You know, people shop at Aldi. We have Aldi lovers here, okay? All right, bring your own bag and a quarter and your own box, okay? And, uh, and I remember going in there for the first time, and she had given me a list of things. And, you know, I, I, Walmart has things situated, you know, in, in order. When you go into Aldi, you know, that's not a place you go in with a list and you're looking for things. It doesn't seem to make sense of where they put stuff, right? I can't ever find what I'm looking for in, in that place because they've got the jelly over here and they've got the, you know, coffee stuff over here off to the side and, and it's mixed with the fruit and then it's over here with the bread and then it's over. It just, it's kind of, it's too busy for my mind of what's going on. Just get, give it to me in categories. Let me go down the aisle and get it in the list and when I get to the register, you know, I've started at the back and I've ended at the front and, and I can skip the aisles I don't need on, all right? I, my point is, my wife has a list of food items she needs for the next week. And we usually buy for the week. Some of you know what it's like when you go to Costco or you go to Sam's and you buy for the month. Right? Sometimes some of you go to the grocery store and you purchase because we have refrigerators. We have freezers. We have cabinets. In the ancient times, people were paid every day. At the end of the workday, the scriptures actually teach in the Old Testament that an employer is not supposed to withhold his employees' wages overnight. When the day ends and the employees are going home, the employer is to pay that day to his employees. He is to pay him at the end of the workday. Why is that? Because the money he made that payday was for the food he would eat that payday or the next day. In the ancient day, a person literally lived day to day. And if you didn't work, you didn't eat. They didn't have refrigerators or cupboards or storerooms. They made their bread for the day and they lived day by day. This was an agrarian society. This means that they lived based off of the land and when a famine would happen, then disaster would strike, people would starve. And to plead for God to bring daily bread meant that they were dependent upon God every single day for the very food that they would eat. Interesting, um, as we see this, this prayer of asking God to provide daily bread was a constant remembrance that God is the creator, God is the sustainer, God is the one that brings the rain and the sunshine and causes the crops to grow and gives us the health that we need and sustains the seasons and the weather and the growth of the crops. And when a believer prays this petition, petition he is praying for God to meet he and his family's basic everyday needs. God is the ultimate provider. 
I'm reminded of the story in the Old Testament when for 40 years in the wilderness, God provided for the Jewish people every day by manna that was dropped on the ground. So when they walked out of their tents, they were to collect their provision for the day. And do you remember Moses told them, only collect what you need for the day. Don't store it up. The only time they were able to store it up was on the sixth day, on Friday, they were able to store up two days' provisions, Friday and Saturday's provisions, because they were not to take any on the Sabbath day. That was the only day that God allowed them to take a little extra for the next day. And do you remember what Moses said? If they took extra for the next day, put it in their cupboard, and had an extra store of what would happen to that bread... It would mold and rot and maggots would get in it. You know, imagine the first time that the husband decided to grab a little extra for the next day and put it in his, in his bag or, or in the cupboard in his home and he woke up the next day for breakfast and instead of going out and obeying God and getting the next day's provision, he went into the cabinet, opened it up and pulled out a moldy, maggot-eaten, rotten piece of bread. And said, well, I guess I shouldn't do that anymore. You see, what God was teaching was he was teaching his people to, to learn to depend upon him every single day. Most of the rotting stuff in our life happens because we don't depend upon God. That's how we get ourselves in a lot of mess. You see, James reminds us that every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from above. Luke uses the present tense of this word give us, different than how Matthew uses it in the aorist tense, because he wants us to understand Luke is emphasizing and stressing the continual giving. God, keep on giving us every day our daily bread. That's why he says day by day Daily bread. It's almost like he reiterates that. He's got the verb in the continual sense. Plus he says day by day. Then he says daily bread. He just reiterates that over and over again. Why is that there? It's to stress our reliance upon keeping our eyes and our faith and our dependence upon the hand of God. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 7. Who makes thee to differ from one against another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? If thou didst receive it, why then do you glory as if you have not received it? You see, everything that is good comes from the hand of God. When we walk around and do our own thing, we become so independent from God because we're, all we're thinking about is our name, our kingdom, our will, our agenda. Then we become puffed up and, and uh, independent from God. And we become ungrateful. We live in an ungrateful, unthankful society. We take for granted that God does for us what God does for us on a daily basis. Do you remember when Moses was gathering the articles for the temple and when they made in the book of Leviticus, they made the Ark of the Covenant? Do you remember what the articles were that were to be placed in the Ark of the Covenant and the mercy seat was to be put over that? Do you remember what those articles were? The two testaments, Moses' rod that budded, and manna. And in that manna, it was to be placed in a golden jar, and the golden jar 
with the manna inside was to be placed inside the Ark of the Covenant. Now, only the high priest could go into the Holy of Holies, but every Jewish boy or girl was reiterated on a regular basis. They learned what was inside the most holy of holy place in the Ark of the Covenant. Why was there manna there? It was to remind the Jewish people that for 40 years, not one day went by that God didn't provide them their most basic need, bread. Bread. And if God can be faithful in giving you bread, how much more will God be faithful in the greater things? The lesser to the greater. And so it is right in Jesus' prayer list when He starts off with us to start at the lowest place. The most humbling thing for a person to ask for is to ask for bread for their family today. And God wants us to understand, give us this day. Give us day by day our daily bread. When Jesus is teaching here in this petition, is that he is teaching us to live every day in full dependence and recognition that we cannot even eat without God's blessing. We need God. And Jesus wants us in our prayer life to be conscious about the fact that we are dependent upon God for our life. We can't live without bread. You say, well, yeah, I can. I don't like, you know, starches. All right. You know, I'm a a keto, all right? Or I'm a vegetarian, or I read this and that. It, It... The most basic thing that you eat comes from the hand of God. and We have to recognize that. Let me ask you practically, how many days do you go each week without thinking about God's provision for you in your most basic needs? Do you get this self-sufficient attitude that I make my way through my own life and I provide for myself? I think it is right that we when, we, when we come to a meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, supper, when we come to a meal, that we as believers bow our head and thank God for the meal that He's provided for us. I think that's the pattern that Jesus has given us. He does that when He, when he stands before the 5,000 and He breaks the five barley loaves and the two small fishes. He looks up and He gives thanks. He does it when he feeds the 4,000. On a different occasion, he looks up and he gives thanks. He did that when he was in the upper room, when he took the bread and the cup, which was a meal, a Passover meal with the disciples. He gave thanks to God for his food. And what a shame on us, in the most practical sense, when we sit down at a meal and we gobble it up with the thinking that we provided for that, we got that, I paid for that by my own hands from my own bank account with my own card. Teach our children and our grandchildren to be thankful for the daily bread that they are given. That's why we pray as Christians for our food. That doesn't mean you have to do like my grandfather did when we were in the Ryan's restaurant one day where he stood up and he said, everybody mind here, I'm going to give the blessing for our food. And then he started praying. I remember there was a little boy. I was so embarrassed. He just stood right up there and prayed. And everybody bowed their head, you know, in the whole restaurant. He just stood up there and prayed boldly. 
Yeah, it's one way to be bold, isn't it? I kind of shrunk down up underneath. <laughs> that doesn't mean you have to do that. You also don't have to be ashamed of it. I remember as teenagers, we, you know, we would we would kind of, um, and I feel ashamed about it. We used to make fun of how people would pray for their meals. They drop their fork on the on the ground and they go, "Dear Lord, is there everything?" everything? And then they get it back up again, you know, so nobody noticed. Hey, you know, so it just what a testimony when you see someone who stops in the middle of their meal for the most basic thing. They pray and say, "Thank you, God." For what you have provided for us, this daily bread. It is a constant reminder. Thank you for my clothes. Thank you for my car. Thank you for the house. Thank you for the bed, the blankets, the steak and the chips, the shoes and the socks, the soap and the water, the electricity. Dear God, forgive us of how ungrateful we are. Forgive us for taking for granted your provision. Sometimes it's in the times of suffering in life that God puts us because we've been ungrateful and he wants to remind us. And sometimes that suffering may come into our life because we have been ungrateful and God wants to remind us. Uh, reminds me something else. We're, um, just, to, 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 just to make a practical, this does not negate, this prayer does not negate Hard work. Don't use this as an excuse for laziness. Well, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to be passive and because God is going to provide for my food and I'll just pray here and I'll just ask Him to provide for my food. No, He has given you health. He has given you the ability and His provision possibly, and for many of us, has come through the ability to work hard. That's what Paul is talking about in the book of Thessalonians when he rebukes this church for their, for their greed and their laziness by some of the uh, who were thinking that they were spiritual so they would step back and they would let other people work and then they would eat off the hands of other people. They were taking advantage of it. And Paul told them, if you don't work, you don't eat. The principle of hard work. Don't be lazy. But also, this is a warning when we pray this prayer to not be arrogant in our work. We must be humble that even though we have put the energy and the time and there is a responsibility in the long run, it is God who provided for us and it can be easily taken away. All of the money that you have in your bank account and in your IRA or, or in your retirement or your 401k or even the health that you have, all it takes is one visit to the doctor's office. All it takes is one pink slip. All it takes is one crash. All it takes is one president and one bill to cause it all to come crumbling down. That reminds me of my great-grandmother who was born in 1918. Every year when we would go to her house about this time in Christmas and Thanksgiving, she had this giant book on her coffee table that she had ordered every year, the Sears Catalog. Remember those things, if you remember? She had ordered, she'd started all the way back in the Great Depression. Right? She would buy these giant things, and it was like an encyclopedia for toys. And as a kid, we would come around this time of year, and we'd flip through there, and we, we'd get our color crayons, and we'd circle you know, our list of, of things that, that we want, and we would salivate over what we wanted for Christmas. Right? 
I remember one televangelist who was speaking on TV who read from Psalm 37 and verse 4, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. So this means that God will give you anything and everything you want if you'll just have faith. One TV preacher said one time, if you want a Cadillac, then God will give you a Cadillac. That same preacher was convicted by a grand jury of fraud. You see, this is foolishness. Someone said about this prayer of Jesus, we are to pray for our daily bread, not our desserts. I think we can pray for desserts too, but I think his point is coming across that we got to be careful that our selfishness we are to come to God with our requests. We are to come to God for our needs. We are to come to God with our wants. And then we are to leave them at His feet. He cares for us. He provides for us. And whether you're rich or you're poor, God wants you to bend your knee and depend upon Him for your daily provisions. This prayer here talks to us about our security. Our security is in God, not things. This prayer is to warn us about contentment. We are to learn to be content, as Paul said, with such things that you have. This prayer guards our heart from complaining. Because if God was the one that gave the bread for the day, and you complain and say, I don't want that meal today, who are you complaining to? complaining to God. You say, no, no, I'm, I'm complaining to mom because I don't like my Brussels sprouts. Well, God gave you those parents and gave you the provision for that food. Learn to eat it and be thankful for it. It's, it's a complaining attitude that has crept into our society because of the overabundance of supply that we have. Because we, if we have any need, we pull out our MasterCard and we go down to the Walmart or go down to the store and we purchase it. Even if you don't have cash now, you can go to the market and they've got their iPhones and they can swipe it. I remember we, I was, so many times I used to come into places and like, oh, I don't have any cash. <laughs> I can't get, you know, I can't get this or I can't get that of the ball game or I can't get this or that. Now, everything can be digitalized now. We have to be so careful, especially this time of the year where everyone is buying and buying and buying and then January comes along and all the signs of depression that go down because of the debt, the debt. Be careful. Be content. Don't complain. And can I remind you, this prayer attacks worry, and anxiety. You see, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, in the whole context of prayer, when he said, give us this day our daily bread, he continued in the conversation about, don't you know that even God provides for the sparrows? Don't worry about tomorrow with your raiment and your food. Why did Jesus say that? If he's asking us here to pray, because what he's saying is, tomorrow has its own troubles. No person is able to live two days at a time. Why take tomorrow's troubles and put them into today? Depend upon God today. Live obedient today in God's word. And then when tomorrow comes, start over again and depend upon God for that day too. Those who live 
with this worry and, and, and anxiety about where things are going to come from. And it eats away at their soul instead of having rest and peace and learning to be content and learning to be thankful and learning to pray and trust God that His promises are true. Do our part. Aren't you glad that God in heaven listens to your most basic needs? One little girl said this about her prayer. When I say my prayers... God stops all the music in heaven and says, Quiet, please. My little girl is praying. Now, that's a wonderful, honest picture into what our Heavenly Father does. Stop just a second. Angels, stop. Hold on. One of my children is asking for bread. We're going to stop everything that happens. Why? Because I care. I care about that need. I care about that most basic thing. I'll give her bread. I was reading some in study of Sunday school this week about Ishmael and Hagar. You remember after they were left alone in Genesis, I think it was 16 or 20, to die in the wilderness by the unkind action of Abraham. Hagar puts that little boy in the bushes, begins to cry. And the angel of the Lord meets her there and says, Hagar, I have heard this little baby's cry from heaven. And she cries out, Jehovah Roi, he's the God who sees. You see, I know when I cry out to God that He hears me. I can pray to my Heavenly Father for the smallest necessities, bread, and He will listen. In fact, He wants me to cry out. Sure, He knows what I need. Sometimes I say, well, Lord, you know the future. You know all things. Why do I, you have to pray for bread every day if you know that I need it? Because prayer is not for Him. Prayer is for me to learn my dependence upon Him. And He longs to hear our cry to Him so then He can respond in a way that shows that He gets the glory and He is lifted up. What mother or father doesn't want to feed his children, her children? God wants you to need him for the smallest, most basic, basic things, our bread. So when we stand before the Lord and we pray, Lord, give us day by day our daily bread. Some have indicated that in this rendition of this prayer, it's also a recognition for a, a communal, a corporate. He doesn't say, give me this day my daily bread. He actually uses the plural, give us our daily bread, recognizing the dependence upon the community and, and the church, maybe even an emphasis with the church body realizing. And that's exactly what happened in the book of Acts when the believers came and realized, Lord, 
You're going to use me to meet needs in the lives of other people. So I'm going to sell my land. I'm going to sell some, some of the things that I have. And I'm going to lay them at the apostles' feet. And I'm going to bring in my meal so that when we come for fellowship and we come for these love feasts, we can spread it around. And everybody that has a need, the needs are met, however God provides for it. And they all gave glory to God. That was what was happening in the church. They were not stingy people saying, this is mine. God has provided it for me. So I'm going to use it. No, they broke it and they gave it to one another and they were gracious and charitable. And I believe this does have an application for believers as well, not only on their dependence upon God, but also when God gives you the supply. It may be that God wants you to share that supply with someone else. This is Thanksgiving and Christmas, a post- Thanksgiving, going into Christmas season. This is a great time of year to ask God in this prayer, God, what you have given me, what do you want me to give away? The testimony I heard, the testimony of a young person who was sitting in a restaurant, it was like an olive garden, it was a, um, a restaurant and had some leftover and um, leftover meal. And this was a col- college girl and was going back to college and, and needed that extra meal. And so someone else was providing for them for the meal. And they were able to basically take home a second meal with them, put it all in the wrapping in the tin uh, uh, pan and everything as they were going out the door. When they went out the door, headed towards the, um, uh, the, the car, there was a, um, a veteran who was there sitting in a wheelchair with no legs. Had a sign up. And as the young lady walked by the gentleman who was sitting in the chair, she reached over with her food that had been provided a little extra and handed it to the gentleman and said a few words and walked away. Said the person, when they got in the car, saw that, that paid for the meal, pulled into their pocket, remembered the promise of God that is more blessed to give than received, and pulled out a $100 bill and gave it to the young college girl, telling her, when you give, God always provides. He is a God who loves us and cares for us and wants us then to love and care for others. Father, I pray as we close tonight, thank you for your provision of our most basic need, bread. Thank you for so much of what you provide. We live in a country and... We live in security of um, so much that many have, have uh, laid for us. A lot of it has been hard work that we have worked hard to get to this place. But Lord, there are a lot of places around the world who've put the same effort in energy, but because of, um, because of the poverty, because of the war, and because of things that have happened in the government, they've lost it all. And how easy it is for even our country, we're just one catastrophe away from really being dependent on a daily basis. And Lord, I pray that you would help us in, in our times of prosperity, in our times of blessing, that we would recognize and we would pray regularly with a spirit of thanksgiving for the most basic needs that you supply and then would be we be gracious 
and, and, and grateful and benevolent in the fact that we share what you have blessed us with. Maybe that's through missions. Maybe that's through extra love offerings. Maybe it's through giving to someone else or providing for someone a meal or taking what you have blessed us with and sharing it with those around us. And uh, Lord, teach us in our dependence of you to be, um, to be givers and not takers. Our constant attention is upon you and what you've done for us. Bless us this evening and this week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. You are dismissed.